Well, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. It is February the 22nd to 2009. And just a reminder, I have sent out the scintillating, I do believe, three-part system, the three-part podcast series on the ecosystem to all the delicious and uh, uh, wonderful subscribers. Uh, I created the podcast series because I found out technically that it is, in, in fact, impossible to send, uh, to send a, uh, a gentle blow to the ear uh, from my breath through email, and therefore I decided to do something slightly alternative to my original reward program for subscribers, which I'm sure uh, is uh, of benefit and perhaps even of preference to others. Um, other news and uh, weather? Um, well, I guess uh, for those who are interested in the obsessive parenting update, Isabella has now passed her two-month uh, physical um, she did the requisite number of uh, uh, push-ups and crunches and uh, drooling and uh, jetting. Uh, she has, uh, she's ten, 10 pounds, 10 ounces as of Tuesday. Thursday? Okay. Uh, that was uh, Isabella correcting me. She's actually uh, coming along quite well in terms of her uh, sense of time. And she has, um, uh, she's uh, 57 in, uh, centimeters, uh, so that's good. Uh, she's in the 50th percentile in terms of, of height, which, according to my arts knowledge of statistics, means she should be twice as high or 50 times shorter. No, she's right in the middle, right in the, the middle of the bell curve. And she's the 60th percentile in terms of, of weight. Uh, and that, of course, is uh, mostly forehead from me and chin from Christina. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> it's quite lovely. She is uh, absolutely wonderful delight. Just for the Diamond Plus people, I posted a video of uh, she's doing this fantastic operatic squealing that uh, shockingly, well, perhaps not shockingly, is a lot more musical than any of my attempts at singing. So that is, uh, uh, is, uh, is very nice. Uh, she is um, yeah, equally and wonderfully as good-natured. We went to, to go shopping with her yesterday for most of the day, and she was just great, great company. She's very sort of calm and curious and, and uh, you know, an absolutely uh, a happy and wonderful joy to, uh, to spend time with. Um, uh, I'll, uh, if anyone's, I have like six million videos. I don't want to particularly bore people with them, but if you're ever curious how you parent, for want of a better word, a two-month-old, I have like 15 minutes of her awake and me interacting with her. <laughs> if you ever really want to put yourself to sleep, that's the thing to do. It's it's an interesting challenge, right? Because she's pre-language. Uh, she doesn't really have a handle on uh, her limbs yet, uh, so you can't you know, read a you can read a book to her, but she won't particularly stay interested. So, uh, because uh, she's part of the post-TV generation, so the printed word is not as compelling to her. But when Daddy acts out thriller, anyway, um, she gets mighty confused. Uh, so, uh, we, we got uh, her first round of shots, uh, her first round of immunization on um, uh, Thursday. And, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The horror. Um, we decided to have me hold her. Uh, it was a cunning way of having a look at Christina when the pain hit, <laughs> but uh, I held her and uh, the nurse uh, injected uh, her with the, um, uh, with the, uh, I guess the viruses or whatever. And uh, of course she's, she's not, we're lucky. And I mean, I think it's got something to do with our parenting, but, and by that, I mean, Christina's parenting, but uh, she doesn't cry. Uh, at all. Christina, yes. Uh, uh, Isabella, not so much. Uh, so we've, we've almost never heard her, actually I've never heard her cry the way that she cried when she, she got the um, immunizations. Oh my God, it was unbelievably horrible. Like her whole face turned red. Her whole head turned red. 
uh, and her lower lip came out, tears sprang to her eyes. Uh, it's, uh, 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 Christina is very familiar with that when dinner is two minutes late or something like that. But, um, uh, my dinner, yeah. But, um, oh my God, it was just unbelievably horrible to actually hear her wail in that kind of way. Oh my God, she actually stopped crying long before we did as parents because it was just horrible. We're comforting her, like, oh, comfort me. <laughs> Tell me you're okay. Uh, so that was uh, just, uh, and, and I mean, not, not to put any kind of clouds on this sunshine. But uh, it is, to me, just, just further incomprehensibility about how people can, can do things which are harmful or hurtful to children. So uh, it is just kind of shocking that way. And she's, she's got this um, – it's very interesting for me uh, as, a, as a parent, or I guess just as a person or maybe as a philosopher, to see the force and benevolence of Isabella's willpower. And, and I use the word willpower kind of loosely, right? But, but she is um, very – forceful in her preferences and very gentle in being comforted. And, and to me, that is just a really, really wonderful thing to see. Uh, this, this sort of original soul, so to speak, this original nature, which is, you know, she's, she's confident in our desire for her happiness and, and so on. She's actually uh, just finished feeding at the moment, so she's, she's putting down her martini and her straw. But uh, she's, she's fully, uh, fully understands, I think, at, at some level how much we want to keep her happy and, and healthy. And so she lets us know when she's upset or, or whatever, and, and yet she's easy to comfort. And that strength and benevolence of her willpower, to me, is just an absolutely beautiful thing to be around. And uh, it's, a, it's a real privilege uh, to see that uh, in, in a human being, right? in, in a human being in his natural state without... Uh, distortions, at least I don't think, <laughs> with distortions yet. So that is uh, just a wonderful thing to see. And she's such a, a, a happy uh, baby, great smiles and interactions. And, and she, uh, much like uh, me, she, she lies on her back and kicks her, her leg. When she's happy, it's like she's riding an invisible upside-down bicycle, which is uh, quite, <laughs> quite a... Sometimes she does do the backstroke, absolutely. So that's... Uh, it's just wonderful. So she's doing beautifully and uh, uh, everything's going fantastically and parenting is a real joy. So uh, other than that, um, work on the new book is, is continuing. Uh, it's, uh, it's slow, but uh, so thank you for your patience. I know it's not been a massive amount of podcasting lately. Uh, I also got uh, sick uh, this uh, last uh, two weeks, so I had to sort of uh, take a bit of time off to deal with that, but everything's fine now. So... Uh, yeah, so everything's uh, going great. And uh, thanks again to those who have uh, signed up for subscriptions. I hugely appreciate it. Uh, that is just a wonderful, uh, a wonderful thing uh, for, uh, for peace of mind, of course, with the excitement of Christina. Um, not, uh, as I originally suggested, charging Isabella by the hour in, in, a way of, in a way to help maintain the family income. Um, she's actually not doing that, so there has been a net loss of income. Sorry, I'm going from the Barack Obama economic stimulus package, which is to pay yourself to become rich. But um, uh, so uh, I really do appreciate the people who stepped up and uh, really uh, helped out with uh, Freedom Aid Radio. And uh, the um, uh, even without that many podcasts, uh, we hit almost a new high, uh, 90 gigs a day of podcasts going down. Of course, we um, uh, have... Uh, uh, past 1 million views on YouTube, which is uh, obviously quite a thrill, and that is continuing to increase over time. 
So uh, thank you, everybody, so much. I'm working uh, on a, a new series, which is going to be for the general stream, uh, the uh, development of uh, corruption, which I think will be uh, interesting. And I hope, of course, <coughs> pardon me, will uh, give you some tips on how to avoid uh, sliding down that slippery path. So uh, other than that, uh, everything's uh, just, just great and wonderful. And uh, I just wanted to start off, I guess, with two, I guess, two minor-ish items of uh, reasonably decent news. Uh, the first is from uh, today's parent, uh, March 2009. This, of course, comes from the future, which is nice. And uh, what I thought was interesting, let me just see if I can dig up. There was this letter that was in here about religion, which I thought was well worth looking at. Uh, for those who haven't, uh, I think it's podcast 72 or 71, maybe. That is the, um, the podcast with the uh, Invisible Apple. And uh, I think it's worth uh, uh, having a listen to that if you haven't, uh, which is sort of one of the ways in which I talk about the origins of uh, religiosity, conformity, uh, fear, and so on. So this is uh, from page 100. And I'm sorry, I had the wrong one. It's from January 2009. Uh, this is expert Q&A. Wondering about religion, uh, writes the parent. Our six-year-old, she says, has a strong aversion to religion to the point where he gets upset when people pray or say grace in front of him. He says it's because he doesn't understand why someone would talk to someone they can't see. While my husband and I aren't particularly religious, my mother-in-law insists on buying him religious books, which he refuses to read. Will he be missing out on something crucial to his development if he doesn't learn about religion? Well, that's a, a wonderful question to even be asking. And to the response, uh, the response is coming from a, someone named Rua Sabag, a psychotherapist, who says, uh, I don't know if I would describe your son's response as an aversion to religion, as much as confusion or even distress about something he considers incomprehensible. Children your son's age can be quite literal. Often they can only believe someone exists if they can see him or her for themselves, which is not true. Right, that's just that's not what the, the kid is saying, right? Uh, because uh, there's not talking about problems with the telephone, right? So the uh, therapist continues. Consider also that you and your husband may be communicating your religious views in subtle ways your son could be picking up on. It's possible that he is rejecting religion in an effort to emulate you. At the same time, his resistance to reading religious books could simply be a response to the pressure he seems to be feeling from his grandmother to do as he's told. While your son is just about to enter a phase of cognitive development that will likely allow him to handle the idea of prayer better. Exactly what and how much religious teaching he receives is your decision as his parents. There are many ways a child can learn good human values and experience spiritual growth. Religion can be one of them, and so can family activities and community involvement. So, obviously, it's not, <laughs> it's not the answer I would give. It may not be the answer that you would give, but I would say that in many ways, it's a pretty good answer. Um, there is a fundamental confusion of course, that, that people always seem to get in this um, uh, area, which is that uh, learning about religion is quite a different situation than believing in religion, right? In the same way that learning about the Ku Klux Klan is quite different from joining the Ku Klux Klan. And that, of course, is a confusion that is constantly spread around and... Um, that's not addressed, right? So uh, the, the, the grandmother isn't, isn't teaching your children about religion. It's a good, I think. 
but uh, anyway, just sort of wanted to to mention that. The other thing that I thought was eh, some pretty pretty good news was uh, there's uh, we got something from the uh, from the state after your baby is born, right? Which is sort of developmental uh, charts and and uh, signs, uh, phone numbers, and and things that uh, a baby's um, so milestones and stuff like that. And let me just uh, yeah. So so now tucked tucked right at the back of this, uh, uh, I guess it's a, like a calendar or something like that. Um, and it's tucked in the very back, but it's still uh, nice to see somewhere, right? It says it's, um, this is under eighteen months, and when they start to talk about disciplining toddlers. And the statement is, some parents think that spanking is a good way to discipline their children. And then in all caps, this is not true. There are many reasons why children should not be spanked. For more information, call, you know, and then they have the whatever, whatever, right? And yes, it's tucked away in the very back and, uh, and so on, but it's there. And I think that's great. And of course, uh, um, Dr. Phil talks about it, uh, not spanking your children, uh, not hitting a spanking, right? They always say spanking or swatting rather than... Uh, hitting or, or striking or beating or assaulting, right? As if you could be gently hit by somebody four times your size, right? I mean, <laughs> who has complete power over you. So I just wanted to point out that there's some flexibility uh, in terms of religious instruction that is being proposed. And there is uh, buried in the back in small print, but still there, uh, a statement against uh, hitting children as a method of discipline. And these, uh, uh, you know, so to speak, baby steps, <laughs> if that's a metaphor I can use at the moment, which I think I can. And uh, so uh, that's it for my uh, brief introduction. Um, if you have uh, questions or comments or issues, they should ask now, shouldn't they? Should be yeah, my darling. Uh, somebody's just uh, said they wonder what kind of accent Isabella's going to have. Uh, so far, she seems to have a vaguely Italian accent uh, because she sounds quite a lot like Cecilia Bartoli. Well, perhaps it's Kiri Tikanawa. We're not exactly sure, but there seems to be quite a bit of opera going on. Uh, if nobody else, um, it doesn't seem like anybody else. Um, Go for it. I, uh, and actually, for some reason, I'm really not sure what's going on. I, I feel some, uh, feel some hesitation um, bringing this up, but uh, I, at my job, um, I was told by my boss that he's got a permanent position open, right? Um, and actually, he told this to me several weeks ago. And at the time, I was like, well, you know, I really think I'd like to continue contracting, Um it just, it didn't really, like, like in the moment, and but I, I was sort of thinking about where I want to be, like, you know, like I don't really know where I want to be in a year, and to get a, get the permanent position and then leave in a year, if that's what I want to do, you know, it just seems to make more sense for me to contract. But he also mentioned it to me yesterday when I stopped to do some prep for Monday, and now I'm thinking, do I want? To do that, you know, because I guess it could be the benefits. I don't know what they would pay me, but 
I'm not really sure what the question is exactly, but I'm I'm not. I I feel. And it could very well be not about the work, but um, or not about the job as well. I'm, I'm totally open to that. But I feel this um, like there's there are some clear benefits to going full time. Like I get the you know the actual health benefits and you know uh, at least that much, right? Um, but then of course you know that's a salary, and then they expect you to come in for you know you know it's it. it Right now with hourly, at least I know if I work for 50 hours, I get paid for 50 hours, right? If that makes sense. And uh, I'm not really sure where to, where to exactly to go with this. So if I understand correctly, you've been offered, uh, is, it a, is it a promotion, an extension of responsibility, but with the requirement or caveat that you would go full-time? Um, well, the the... the Initially, the position was offered to me as a contract with a potential for full-time. Um, they didn't know if they could actually offer a full-time position because they didn't know what the budget was going to be like, that sort of thing. And from what I understand, my actual responsibilities probably wouldn't change. Um, of course, I would get the benefits, which would be sort of – would be an increase in compensation if, you know, or, you know, like a shifting, right, you know. Having having the health benefits versus not having them, right? Um, right. Okay, so it's, it's I don't, not I mean, a big change in responsibility, but right. uh, there is um, some pluses and minuses in terms of uh, benefits and salary, fewer tax advantages, not being paid for every hour you work, and so on, right? Right, right. But you also um, do gain, of course, some legal protections, whether you want them or not, right? You would gain some legal protections in terms of uh, them firing you or whatever, right? Like, if you're a contractor, they just let you go, right? But uh, they have to give you layouts and and severances and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, Of course, I didn't get anything like that in my last job, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it was a layoff, right, it would be a severance or, you know, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I'm just saying that there are. So now, uh, do do you have an accountant or do you have anyone you can talk to about the raw financial realities of it like is the extension of benefits better than the loss of uh, of taxing of taxable uh, of non-taxable income in terms of deductions and so on hmm uh, no i don't have anyone i can talk to at the moment about that so as far as raw numbers are concerned um, you might i mean no, you, you might want to it probably would be worth sitting down with someone for yeah. you know half an hour 45 minutes it might cost you 50 or 100 bucks but uh, it will give you a raw amount of uh financial data that you would need to make that practical decision, if that makes sense. Right. And of course, it won't make the decision for you, but at least it will give you some, so you won't be surprised, right? Because there's nothing like going from being being a contractor. I went from being a contractor uh, to to being an employee, and there's nothing like that, you know, kick to the nads that that comes with your first tax deduction (laughs) paycheck, right? Where you go like, oh my God, now I'm not paid all the time and I get these leftovers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. Uh, And and it's it's not even, but you know, like the the raw numbers, like that doesn't bug me so much. You know, I, like I can kind of work work that right. It's it's the feelings I'm getting around that. Yeah, and are, that's that's what I wanted to get to, of course, right? Which was yeah, what's uh, yeah. what's going on for you emotionally, because it sounds like you're not happy to be offered a full time gig. Yeah, it's it's weird. Well, maybe not weird, but it it seems like why would I not want that, right? 
Um, well, because all it is is a choice, right? And and of course, it is a choice that is is good, right? I mean, they don't offer. I know this from being an employer. Right? You don't offer a full time gig to someone that you don't respect and like and find valuable, right? Right, right. And and I know. Um, I mean, I've asked for feedback uh, throughout this job that I've been working. Um, you know, just to sort of, you know, make sure that, you know, things that are still going well and they've asked me how I'm doing and, you know, just to say, um, you know, it's like, how, you know, you have any feedback for me? Is, is everything going well? It's like, you know, every, your, your work is great and, you know, we like, we really like having you around. So, um, so as far as that goes, you know, it's great, right? Right. Except it's not. Yeah, except right. it's not exactly right. Okay, so <laughs> so why? Uh, because all you're being offered is a choice, right? And it's it's a choice that is mm-hmm. sort of respectful, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Like instead right. of it being a booty call, you're being taken to a nice restaurant, right? <laughs> sure, sure, right. Let's uh, let's make an honest coder out of you, right? <laughs> right. So, hmm. what's uh, did the now did the feelings of. Uh, well, did the negative feelings, for want of a better word, show up when you got the offer or, or afterwards? Um, oh, I'm sorry. You mean when he when he called me in his office and was talking to me about it? Or yeah, when like, he said, uh, right. I'd like to uh, stop groping you and put this ring on your finger. Did you get this uh, feeling uh, of, of hollowness or negativity right away or did it come later? Hmm. I just, I, I think, like, uh, like the reaction, I think it was like in the moment, like the reaction was like, I really don't want to do that, you know. Yeah, sorry, can you say that again? Uh, the, um, the reaction was, I really don't want to do that. Uh, so I think it was pretty, pretty, pretty immediate in the moment. Okay, and do you feel there would be negative consequences to saying no? Um. There are some, like socially, in a way. Um, and let's see if I can sort of describe them, or although, but you may be familiar with them. Uh, the contractor versus full time. Um, I had one guy who uh, said that he was surprised that I had quote turned down the position because I wasn't actually offered full-time position, but I was told I might have something come up. Sorry, the guy was saying I might have something come up. So, you know, I'm, I'm just curious if you're interested, right? Um, so there wasn't a direct offer, right? Um, sorry, I'm, I'm not, I'm not following this part. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, let me, let me just scroll back a bit. The question I had okay, was, so, uh, you, you, would there be negative repercussions in terms of, well, just negative repercussions if you say, I'm going to stick with contracting for the time being? Um, in terms of actually keeping the job there, uh, no, because as long as I continue to produce what they're looking for, then I'll have the job there, right? Sure. And I, obviously, you know. So that's the, no, no negative repercussions there. Um, there is a social hit, if that is makes it because sense. you're viewed as the haughty contractor who's too good for full time? Uh, yeah, I think there's some of that for sure. Or like, like if you, you stay know. late, it's like you're the only one getting paid. <laughs> um, 
sort of. But and also like you know, oh well, you know, he hits his forty hours and he cuts out, mm-hmm. which isn't quite like my plan. But you know, of course, I have to ask for overtime, right? I have to make right. sure that. I mean, that's you may not be allowed to work more than forty hours. Right. I mean, uh, I I know that when I was a manager, if if contractors would work overtime without asking, that was you know, I mean, that blew my budget, right? Right, right, right. So, um, yeah. So there's there's a also, difference, right? Sorry. Like they're in, they're in the fields and you're like the house slave, so to speak, right? <laughs> yeah, and also the thing, like the thing. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> One of the thoughts I have, like after I after I have this feeling of I really don't want to do this, is. Like like one of the justifications that comes up, and I don't think it's entirely unwarranted, is I don't want to be working 50, 60 hours a week, you know, and being paid X, right? You know? Right, like at FDR being zero. Right, okay, <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, um, so what is wrong with saying no? Is it, it, It's not the, you know, you're not afraid that they're going to say, well, to hell with you, you're, you're canned like tuna, right? Uh, no, actually, because I already said no once, right? Right. And um, I'm still there, right? Okay, so it, it's these other people, right? And now is it is – it, uh, and the social aspects of work are not to be discounted, right? I mean we're not robots, right? We, we do like to have right. some kind of relationship with those in the, uh, in the next veal fattening pen, right? And <laughs> so but, – but obviously it's not a very good reason to make an economic decision, I think. I mean that's my opinion. Yeah, you know, to to be more popular, I'm going to sort of give myself something that I'm going to do something that I don't want to do because other people might not like me if I don't do it. Yeah, because that usually doesn't work in the long run, anyways. Oh, it won't work. See, the thing is, if you if you, I mean, it won't work. It's it's a fantasy, as you oh, know. Yeah. That it will, oh, right. Because right. they'll You're they'll sorry, get it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll get that you don't want to do it. It'll be incomprehensible as to why you did do it, and then they won't like you anyway. So it's like a net loss, right? Yeah, it's like uh, now, now I have now I'm in a situation I don't want to be in, and they don't like me, right? Right. Whereas if you go down the uh, the corridor, shaking your moneymaker and basically saying salary is for suckers, at least they'll know where you stand, and they'll have some respect for your moves. Sure, for sure, right, right. Now, why would this even be anybody's business? I mean, how would it go out to? Everybody else, how would they know, right? Um, I think, I think the way it went down, and I wasn't told all the details, but I think the way it went down is among the full-time people, right? You know, the people who are basically putting more of a vested interest in the company. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I don't know. They might might not be good enough to be a contractor. This is possible. Um, yeah, because look, so, I mean, somebody who's uh, mm-hmm. like somebody who is. Uh, I mean, this is just a ba- sorry to interrupt. It's a basic economic equation, right? Mm-hmm. If if it costs you, if it costs uh, uh, someone a thousand dollars to get ten units of work out of you, mm-hmm. but it costs them fifteen hundred dollars to get ten units of work out of somebody else, the only way that mm-hmm. becomes sustainable is if they don't pay the other person the five hundred, right? In other words, mm-hmm. unpaid overtime only evens things out when the salaried employees are less productive than the contract contractors, right? Okay, right. I follow you. Right, okay. Right, so they might not be efficient or good enough to be uh, contractors. 
Okay. And in fact, okay. them wanting to move you to salary is probably not because you're inefficient, but because you're efficient, right? Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm damn good at what I do. Right. So uh, that's another uh, that's another issue. Yeah. Um. So, are you still interested in how it might have come about? <clears throat> uh, not hugely, unless you want to go well, uh, go into it. I mean, I'd rather um, sort of deal with the feelings than than the politics, if that makes sense. No, that's that's totally fine, and I'm, that that's why I asked if you were interested because it doesn't really matter to me. You know, just this is sort of my my. And it was just a thought experiment too. It wasn't I don't actually know. Right. Right. Okay. So. Um, have you been in a situation before, and you know, as, it, as, as is always the case, the earlier the better, which doesn't mean that it's going to be true or right, but um, have you been in a situation before where you've sort of had to choose self-interest versus popularity? Self-interest versus popularity. Oh, God. Radio. Well, that's kind of... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, oh, the first thing that came to mind, and um, I, I'm sure there's something else earlier, but the first thing that came to mind was when I was at school, I had this friend uh, in fifth grade named Caleb. Um, he lived right down the street from me, actually. And uh, I mean, we I went over his house and we spent time together. And uh, there are these other kids who were teasing me for being friends with him. And I ended up picking a fight with this kid, like just a shoving match on the playground. There was no like good reason for it. And these other kids weren't actually even my friends, right? Um, Yeah, that's a heartbreaking story. And then I lost Caleb too, right? Yeah, that's a heartbreaking story. I'm so sorry to hear that. What? Uh, why do you think that they um, didn't want you to be friends with this fella? I'm sure I could come up with like the actual reason, but the things that are coming to mind is well, you know, he was an Indian kid, so he had kind of an accent. He was kind of quote weird, you know. He smelled like curry, you know, those sort of things. Um, yeah, sure. You know, and you know, when you're 10 or 11, maybe those are the things that quote matter. But uh, but they didn't matter to you, right? But they mattered to these other kids, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Which is, you know, it's kind of racist, right? Kind of, yeah. No, but quite, yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a Turkish friend named Sirdar, uh, <laughs> and I didn't quite face the same thing. But because I, I, did, I didn't find that so much in England, but when I came to Canada, there was a guy. His name was, unfortunately, his last name was Gerhardt. Right, and of course, uh, with all of the sexual hysteria that occurs with boys of that age, uh, it was gay heart, right? Oh God! Uh, and because oh. you could manipulate the word to sound like something like gay, uh, he then became mercilessly picked on and attacked. Uh, and uh, I was his friend for a while, um, and and so you know, I, I sort of I do understand, right, that that when there is someone weak in these primitive, brutal herds of young kids, that or somebody who has a, a marker for exclusion there is a, a bit of a feeding frenzy, right? I mean, this is the... I don't think children are naturally that way. I think this is just the herd mentality. This is nationalism as it sort of filters down to the Lord of the Flies set, right? So 
Uh, but but uh, this uh, obviously, so you picked a fight because you felt that that might raise your status with uh, the kids who were down on this uh, this uh, Indian fella. Yeah, they also and incidentally, they did the same thing with his name, Galeb. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, you just reminded me. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten right. totally about that. But yeah, no, it's. I, I mean, that's that's the only like explanation I can come up with. I can't think of any other reason why I would have tried to do it. Um, well, and what no, happened after no. that? Uh, after the fight? Um, I'm sorry. I wanted. I just wanted to back up a bit. Just it, it might not have been so much to raise. Well, I guess it could be raising the standing. But I also. Like the other thing that came to mind was to get them off my back about being his friend. And how were they on your back about certain? Uh, how were they on your back? What were they doing that was um, that that tough, right? And I, I accept that it was. I just want to know what it is. Oh man, it, you know, just like they would tease him, right? Um, and then they would say to me later, like, "Why are you even friends with them?" Right? Right. And right. I mean that's all that really comes to mind, but yeah, that seems to be about the size of it. Right, right. And you, uh, you felt uh, at least I got a sense that you felt um, when you, when you, it was a pushing match, right? When you picked a fight with this friend, yeah, that was uh, you sounded very sad about that. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling very sad about it. Right, right. You know, one of the things that I think is is useful or helpful when it comes to these 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 actions that we and we've all done things that you know, looking back, we're like, "Wow, that was kind of stone cold, right?" Yeah, right? You're not yeah. alone in this. You're not alone in this, right? Uh, we, we've all had those kinds of pressures on us, right? And and uh, sometimes we have uh, not acted uh, quite in the way that we would ideally have liked to, right? I mean, that's. That's that's understandable, right? I mean, so I think the, th- the first thing is to recognize that it was a state of nature, right? Right. And uh, to to recognize that you were getting, you know, not only no but negative moral instruction in courage and honor from your family, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So but, yeah. uh, the first thing I think to understand is is to not self-flagellate about this stuff. <laughs> the second thing I think to to recognize though is that your feelings of sorrow are very important. Your feelings of sorrow and of shame are very important, right? So it, it's a tough balance because we don't want to beat ourselves up, but we also don't want to say everything I do is perfect, right? <laughs> no, because that, that's right. uh, it, because and it, it may be that it was they were it, maybe it was perfect. Of course, it wasn't. But but the important thing is that we recognize that we don't attack ourselves for what we have done, but we also don't say and my feelings of shame must therefore be entirely wrong, and and I'm not going to accept them, right? Because because. <sighs> That doesn't lead you to a healthy state of self-acceptance, in my opinion. No, right, right. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, try and find this guy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. No, seriously, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of, you know, make your apologies where you feel that you have uh, done something wrong. I, it's, this, this came as a thought to me, I don't know, like, Several weeks ago, maybe not, not maybe not un, un, uh, uncoincidentally, right? Uh, to 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 find this guy, and actually, I tried googling him, but his name is like the English version of Smith, so yeah, it's, yeah. Gonna, it's gonna be challenging. But I might be able to do it. I might be able to do it. 
Well, but you, what you would do is you would contact the school and you would see if there's any kind of alumni association. I mean, I'm getting six million emails because my high school reunion is next year, and maybe there's a way. There's there's classmates.com. There's like lots of different ways that you right. can try and get in touch with right. someone from from your past. Right, right. No, no, that's that's an excellent point. Right. Uh, and I, I think um, I think it can do some real good for you and and for him. Like yeah. you know, one of the things that is 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 the toughest in life is not so at least for me is not so much when you're hurt by someone it's when someone's behavior is incomprehensible Mm. Mm. that that i think is is the worst thing when you you just you don't know why the person is doing what they're doing and if you hear it puts some sense and perspective back into things it doesn't heal everything but it certainly puts it back into the realm of comprehensibility which is a big step if that makes sense yeah (laughs) right so so if I do find this guy, I mean, it can help him as much uh, or more than it'll help me, right? Yeah, and my suggestion would be, and this is going to sound all kinds of fruity, but, you know, what else would you expect? Uh, my, my suggestion, James, would be write, write the letter that you'd want to either read to or, or send to this guy. Write the letter before you go looking for him, mm-hmm. right, so that it's, it's a real live thing. Now, if you find him, great. Then send it or read it or whatever. Right. Best thing to do is if call him if you can. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, and then if you can't find him, at least you've done the exercise without it being an empty and self-referential exercise. Right. Oh, where is he? Where is he? Oh, I can't find him. Then it sort of. Goes yeah. Okay. I guess I'll write right. this letter, which now is meaningless because whatever. Right. <laughs> right. 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 No, that makes sense. And, and again, this is not. This is not. You know. Oh God, I was such a bad kid or whatever. Right. And this is not self-flagellation, but but the mm. feelings that you're experiencing of sorrow. For, for what happened, right? And it, it does, I, I don't get a sense of shame, and I don't get you a sense like, oh my God, I'm such a bad person for doing what I did, but there is a great sense that I get from you of sorrow that it happened, which is a little bit different from feeling like a bad person, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that, I, 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 I don't feel terrible shame about it. I, I just, it just feels like, I, I mean, I don't want to necessarily put it in this way, but it just, the, the sense, again, it's like, that was incredibly unfortunate. Yeah, you know what it's like. It's like you have to eat some guy in a lifeboat. You know, it's like, man, I'm I'm real sad that we were in that situation. I'm glad he was tasty, but uh, I uh, I'm glad he was well marbled. But uh, I feel very sad to have been in that situation. I think that that's the sense that I get. If that makes, if that, if that rings rings true for you. No, that's 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 where that's where um, my feelings are sitting. Yeah, for sure. And of course, that sorrow is about more than the incident it's about the childhood as a whole right the childhood yeah. at home the childhood with the the people at school with the teachers the environment the right all, all of the stuff it, it's like it was a really unfortunate situation to be in and and that sorrow is a step forward from the sort of the dissociation or real anger that that comes with the initial processing of you know stuff bad stuff that happened when you're a kid right there is at some point when you get closer to acceptance outcomes the genuine legitimate and deep sorrow which is not completely detached from anger but it's not that same kind of anger that that occurs earlier yeah it's no i've I've definitely um i've definitely touched on the anger for sure yeah but no this is different this is different yeah it's when 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 we see the you know this is my my thoughts right so i'm not going to pretend that they of course i'm not going to pretend that they should be yours but i share them to see if they if they uh, help uh, clarify anything I mean, the, the way that I think about my childhood now is that, yes, there were people who failed tests of humanity 
and they failed those tests very, very badly. Mm-hmm. But due to a wide variety of circumstances, those tests were unfortunately pretty hard. Hmm. And I think, like, my mother obviously born in a, in a war zone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, her mother was, was blown up in Dresden, right? They only found the handbag clip. They, they only found the clasp to her handbag. That's all they could find of the entire building. Of, of anything to do with her. It was just complete rubble. So her, her entire childhood, her, her, most of her family were atomized, right? Bombs falling and... Right, so now, uh, <clears throat> the reason I would still say that she's still somewhat responsible is that everybody knows that that's traumatic, right? Everybody knows mm-hmm. that. So it, you know that, that you have, you're going to have a tough test coming up, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you don't sail through that kind of trauma and then just decide to have some kids and cross your fingers, right? <laughs> Any more than you, you go from the diagnosis of a weak heart to the Boston Marathon, right? No, right, right, exactly. So this, the, the anger is the people, again, for me, the anger was the people who failed the test that they knew was difficult, but decided to take anyway with no study, right? Mm-hmm. The test called humanity and gentleness and kindness and love and so on, right? That, and that's the anger, right? That they, they, they took the test, they didn't study, and they failed the test, and the consequences rained down on me, right? Right, right, and that would include... And that's, that's the anger for me, but, but the sorrow comes from recognizing how difficult the test was through no fault of their own. Hmm. Right, circumstance and choice yeah. are, the, uh, are the two sides of the rectangle of human experience, right? If you just mm-hmm. focus on choice, you don't get over the anger. If you just focus on circumstances, you never get the anger, which is healthy and necessary for change. But if you focus on the both, you get this rich feeling called sorrow. Right, so the circumstance and choice. Okay, yeah, I, I think I'm going to... I mean, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm just not... I don't, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not quite connecting. Well, how is it that you ended up attacking your friend? Oh. If you had been raised in a different family, that would not have happened, right? If I'd been raised with any level of assertiveness, uh, then... Right, um, kindness, assertiveness, strength. If you had seen your parents uh, act with courage against the madness of the herd uh, mm-hmm. and so on, right? If you had uh, any kind of moral instruction, if you had been able to go to your parents with this challenge and problem and had them sit down and work you through it and, and ask you questions and, and explore and examine and write, if you'd had that kind of help mm. and, and examples, this would not have happened, right? Right. No, you're right. And yes, there was a test that your parents failed because of their parents, the culture, the society, the religion, the statism, the nationalism, the patriotism, the collectivism, the, all this crap, the lack of philosophical responsibility from intellectuals and academics, they failed a very difficult test. They're responsible for failing it, but damn, isn't it a shame that the test is so hard? Right. I mean, when I, when I think about, I'm 42 years old and I'm a new dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm proud and happy of what I'm doing as a father. But dear sweet mother of Mary and Joseph Cocker, it is unbelievable to think how much work I had to do on myself to become a good father. 
Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I should have been able to do all of this at 25. 17 years later, I can do it. Why? Because I spent 17 years reforging my soul from the roots up. Right. It's a hard test to pass, I'll tell you that. And I, I am so sad that the world makes it so tough to be a good parent and to be a good person. I, 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 I get what you're saying now. Yeah. You know, that we, we charge into the future on the horseback of virtue only to face the slanted spears dug into the ground of a hostile, indifferent, and aggressive sea of people, right? It is a, a very tough row to hoe to be a good person. And, uh, and the sorrow, the anger I feel is how many people fail. The sorrow I feel is how hard it is. It's worth it, of course, right? But it's hard, right? Right, right. I mean, you were like taking a test in Mandarin, and you failed it. And it sure would have been easier if someone had taught you Mandarin, right? Yeah, no kidding. In terms of being a good person and a staunch friend and standing up against and clarifying what the herd was doing and so on, right? Right, right. Standing up for my friend and, and even, you know, standing up against that, those, those kids and even... Uh, Avoiding those kids, you know, just because they're obviously toxic, right? Well, and, and we don't know what Simon the Boxer freak-out session was going on with you acting out this kid's fantasy, right? However ugly oh. it may have been, right? right? We don't know if, if he'd been rejected at home and therefore um, he was, uh, you were acting out his rejection. I mean, this is all the dense and complicated stuff that goes into these kinds of tip-of-the-iceberg interactions. Right, no, right, right. And those of us who have said, look, I know how tough this test is to be a good person. Mm-hmm. I know how tough this test is, so I'm damn well going to study and I'm going to pass. By creating that possibility, there is, of course, an implicit, though we may never say it, an implicit criticism of others, right? The, the struggle for virtue in the face of a corrupt world and the achievement of virtue in the face of a corrupt world is an implicit criticism of others, right? Mm-hmm. Right? The one group, uh, the one person in a group of overweight people who loses weight, right, is implicitly saying to the others, you could, right? Right. right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it just struck me, of course, that there's something in this which is an implicit criticism of others, right? I'm too good to go to salary. <laughs> right? And with this friend, it's like, I'm, I'm too good to turn against a friend. Right? You're all a bunch of jackals, right? I'm not going to attack a friend, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's if someone comes up to you and says, well, why are you friends with that guy? It's like, well, because he doesn't ask me why I'm friends with someone I like. Because he's not trying to separate me from someone whose company I enjoy for the sake of petty racism. Right. But of course, no matter how you put that, how you phrase that, 
there is this volatile and explosive criticism that other people experience. When you raise the bar, everybody who thinks they're sailing over the wall smacks right into it, right? Right. That's why nobody likes the bar to be raised, right? Well, few people like the bar to be raised. Yeah. Right. Right. Well. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, thanks so much. Uh, you know, I mean. But that's... this is, of course, the time for you to um, right to to act for what you think is best for yourself. Mm-hmm. Without apology, without apology and without shame, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's, uh, you can just, you know, if you don't feel bad about it, you won't get attacked for it. Hmm. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, you may start, but it, it'll peter out pretty quickly, right? Because all, all attackers are trying to do, to do is to get you to self-attack. And if you don't participate, they've got nothing to do. And they sense their own helplessness and they'll quickly go off to try and find another victim, right? I think we've right. all seen that recently. Oh, yes. I'd say, no, I, uh, you know, salary's not right for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's actually exactly what I said the first time. Right, yeah, just, you know, I, I thought about it and I, you know, and if people say, well, why? I just, you know, I just, I just don't feel like it right now. I, I don't really have a good explanation. It just doesn't, you know, I just don't really feel like it. Mm-hmm. This is, this is better for what I'm looking for. Or even, 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 I just don't feel like it. No, you don't, it just, you know, I just, I just don't feel like it right now. Right. You know, that there's an incredible power in I don't feel like it, right? <laughs> even I'm squirming under it, but yeah, right, yeah. Even what? I, I said, even, even right now in the moment, I'm kind of like, I don't want to say that, but I, no, I think you're right. Uh, uh, well, people will always try to engage you in details, right? Uh-huh. It's, it's a way of trying to overcome your, your identity, right? Right. Oh, right. Right. No, that's, that's something my like father Like, if, if, if I can take this wall down brick by brick, then, you know, but, but if you just have the mortar of, I just don't feel like it, right, then what, what can they say, right? <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's like if you, you ask some girl out and she says, you know, I just really don't feel like going out with you, what can you say? Whereas if she says, if you say, if she says, well, I have to wash my hair Wednesday, what are you going to say? So how about Thursday? <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Or how, how, about, how about a midnight Wednesday? I don't know. Whatever. Right, right. Uh, or, um, you know, I could uh, wash your hair for you. <laughs> Something like that. Right? right. I do it with my feet. It's quite an exciting experience, <laughs> let me tell you. And I keep my sandals on. Um, but, right, so, so the, moment that you're, you, the moment that somebody tries to get you to give a reason, and I'm not talking about a reason for a logical belief that you have, right? But uh-huh. uh, when it comes to just your own personal preference, right? Somebody asks you out and you're like, no, I don't really feel like it. Sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? There's nothing. They may say why, but then you don't know them. I mean, I don't know. I just don't feel like it. There's, there's nowhere to go in terms of your decision there, right? Right. 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 So, I, I just no, don't that. feel the salary's just not right for me. Well, why not? I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Well, what are they going to do, right? Your feelings <laughs> are wrong. I was like, well. <laughs> And, you know, and if people say, well, you know, do you, do you want to, can I take a moment to try and convince you? It's like, sure. And then they can try and convince you, right? And, and then it's like, no, I'm sorry, my feelings haven't changed, right? Yeah, right. No, right, right, right. <laughs> hmm. No, this was, this was great. This was great. Right, because that's, of course, what, what, you, sh- what you should have been taught. 
mm-hmm. right? Someone says, "How come? Why are you friends with him?" It's like I like him. Okay. Well, why do you like him? I don't know. We have fun, right? Well, what's fun about him? It's like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't want to ask you to explain all your friendships to me. So <laughs> right. I just like him. Yeah. Why do you like chocolate? Give me the molecular breakdown, right? It's like, nope, I just like it, right? I mean, I, we have to give reasons for recent beliefs, right? Right, right. And But we don't have to give reasons huh. for personal preferences. In fact, giving reasons is, is saying that it breaks down to X, Y, and Z, right? It's sort of like that, well, it's like, it's like the determinist thing, right? Well, we're all atoms, and atoms are determined, and therefore we're determined. It's like, nope. <laughs> no, and, and, uh, and really, all I have to go on is my personal preference. I mean, honestly, it's, well, I mean, the closest I can come to is I don't know where I'm going to be in a year. But, you know, but that's not even but, but like... See, that's what I mean. You, you can't give an accurate answer because we cannot conceivably get to the root of all of our emotional preferences right no you're right right yeah like you, you, it's 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 integrity to say i don't know or the entire answer i just don't feel like it that's that's an honest statement right if you start coming up with reasons then you're saying well i know exactly why i'm feeling this and here's the breakdown right here's the source code to my operating system which we don't know because of course the moment you learn more about yourself you change it anyway right and it's so terribly tempting to do that. So, so well, yeah, of course, because when you when you start giving up your reasons, you can be argued in and out of details, and other people gain control over your life. Right. That's the whole point of the argument for morality and the against me argument. It's like, no, I'm not going to run around looking up all these statistics. Violence just be bad. Mm-hmm. Hi, Isabel. I'm not saying we've got to be purposefully inscrutable or anything. And with friends, it's, it's great to explore mm-hmm. what happens with our feelings and to, to be curious about them and so on, right? But in a work environment, you know. <laughs> right. 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 There's a, uh, this is going to sound completely ridiculous, and it's in reference that's going to be lost on just about everyone who's not my age. And I, I remember this. I remembered this for many years. From an episode of Happy Days, which is a show I quite liked when I was, I guess, back in my Paleozoic or Mesozoic teen years. And Richie Cunningham, right? Ron Howard. Richie Cunningham was was, uh, in a car. I have no idea what episode. This is just one of the, the glimpses I remember of the show. Richie Cunningham was in a car. And he's trying to kiss this girl. And... She pushes him away and she says, I don't hear rock around the clock, right? <laughs> okay, go ahead. I can't remember the song, but it was something like that, right? Sure. And he's like, oh, I, uh, I can turn the radio on for you, <laughs> right? And she says, no, whenever a guy comes to kiss me, if I really want to kiss him in my head, I hear rock around the clock, right? And I didn't hear it, so I'm not going to kiss you. Now, what do you say to that, right? Right, right. Because she's not saying, well, it's because you, you, uh, your breath smells of onions. Because he's like, okay, I'll chew some gum and kiss you again, right? Right, right. It's not because uh, the car is too cold. Okay, I'll turn the heat up, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm, again, I'm not saying this is rational, but there's something about that where she just says, I'm sorry, I don't hear that song, so I'm not going to kiss you. It's just so irreducible, right? Right. Right. right? I'm sorry, I just don't feel like going on salary. I had a dream about an elephant last night. Yeah, it's it's something that is, you know, you may if you feel that there's ambivalence, then you will, of course, uh, you know, try to try and figure out what might really be going on, and you can talk about it with friends and you know all that kind of good stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you just don't feel like it, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, I just, I really just don't feel like it. I mean, the only the only perk would be health benefits. But the, the costs on the other side of that, it just, I, I just don't like them you know, right now. I just don't, just don't feel like it. Right. And, and certainly, certainly, certainly what you don't feel like, I'm positive, is you don't feel like going on salary because you're afraid of unpopularity. I'm sorry, run that by me one more time. Well... You certainly like. You certainly don't want to go on salary because you're afraid of unpopularity with other workers. Right, right. No, no, that that would not be why I want to do it. Right. Right. You're exactly right. So, so for sure, right. That's the reason. Now, if you find out in a couple of months you work through these issues and maybe it turns out that you do want it, but you just your unconscious was saying, well, we need to deal with this as a principle and then we're free to make a choice. Because mm-hmm. you're not making a choice if you're doing it to conform with other people's prejudices, right? Like no, you to right. make a choice to have a fight with this kid, right? You're just conforming to other people who thought he was weird, right? Right. Right. <laughs> sorry, she's just making the wildest sounds. <laughs> it's uh, no need to apologize. It's like a spinning top, you know, it's like a like a Roman candle. <laughs> I'm waiting for her to just start spinning around, <laughs> spewing fire out of her feet. Actually, it's usually not fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait till she hears these one day. <laughs> but this, uh, I, I don't want to. Okay, I don't want to delve into this because I'm sure you can do that on on your own. But but that would sort of be my the way that I would approach it. Uh, and I think that it's giving you some really rich stuff to, to work with um, emotionally and, and so on. Because it's all about making choices that are free of nefarious um, factors, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, Not reaction choices, but real choices, right? right? Not run away from all choices, but where do I want to go to choices, right? Right. right. Not pushed off a cliff, I guess I'll go down choices, but... <laughs> but or bounce like off the hill. Right, right, right. And land on your car? Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> no, right, I, I understand. I, 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 pre- I really appreciate uh, you know, the, the perspective. It's certainly, certainly giving me a lot well, I, I to dig into. Well, I appreciate you it up. I thought it was a great topic to bring up, right? Because, because these are sort of the moral choices that we're facing now. Or this isn't really a moral choice, but the mm-hmm. choice in terms of integrity and authenticity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- th- this is good, right? This is better than, do I go to Thanksgiving with abusers, right? <laughs> right, right. And do I do I want to remain true to my own preferences, right? Right, right. And and you've come across something which is limiting your choice in this matter, mm. right? Which is right that we. 
knock down that wall, and now we have a new direction we can go, which makes it a choice, not a reaction or a corner, right? Right. No, right. This is fantastic. Good. Good. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll for once try and quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> so uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I guess we have uh, time for another question. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much. You are absolutely more than welcome. You uh, can type it into the window of much chatting if you now have talky. Um, hello? Hello. Uh, hey, Steph. Uh, I uh, had a small question. Um, I, there are no uh, small questions. There are only small questioners. <laughs> well, then I'm really small. No, um, but I have. Um, I've been recently trying to go over um, uh, the idea of possibly, uh, well, not possibly, but defooing with my parents and wondering whether or not I should uh, RTR with them um, before doing so, and. Um, in order to get some kind of clarity and sense of closure and validation from it. Um, I posted a thread on in the individual section. Um, uh, I think it was uh, a couple of, uh, like two days ago or something like that. And uh, I had uh, kind of a weird experience with that, which was um, I, I was I was still kind of stumped by it. Uh, Greg asked, uh, asked me a good question, and also my therapist asked me a good question. If I had such certainty about how negative my responses that my parents would give me, uh, why would I want to, you know, re-engage them in RTR with them uh, if I if I'm pretty sure uh, about how they would respond? And so. <laughs> And then uh, later, they uh, I got a, a letter from my mom, which I put in some of that thread, um, and it uh, basically gave me. Uh, I mean, it, it for me I, that day when I started reading it, because uh, it was, it kind of I guess I had this weird I guess kind of liberated feeling reading because it kind of was the confirmation that I was looking for, of not feeling. Uh, like I, I really needed to sit down with them, that I really needed to uh, have a conversation to understand how it, w it was going to play out. Um, and I guess my, my question for you was, do you think that RTRing with your family once you've already, and um, once, you've, once you've gotten uh, this feeling of certainty that you, even if you haven't RTRed with your parents, um, and you kind of you feel sort certain of it. Do you, is it really necessary or a necessity to RTR with them or to try to gain any kind of extra closure with conversing with them personally? Well, I mean, this is. Um, I mean, first of all, obviously, I'm so sorry that you're in this position. Yeah. Um, just wanted to mention that, of course, as usual up front. This is never where we want anyone to be. Um, and I'm, I'm obviously very sorry that, that it's come to, to this place. Obviously, I'm very glad that you are um, 
uh, talking to a therapist about this, and so we're going to assume that with with her guidance or his guidance that we're at a, at a decision point that makes sense. And again, I mean, we'll just we'll just start from there. But I just wanted to throw that that out uh, up front. Okay. No, of course not. There's no have tos, right? Yeah. There there are no have tos. You don't have to speak to your parents. Uh, you don't have to not speak to your parents. This is not uh, UPB. This is not good and evil. Uh, and so uh, I would say, no, you don't have to. Um, because to take a logical approach, right? If uh, even with certainty we continue to re- review information, we never get past 2 plus 2 is 4, right? Right, right. Because we're like, well, what if that's wrong, right? Then we're in some bizarre postmodernist hell planet, right? Where no matter what certainty you have, you, uh, you know, then you're like the doctor who goes to the cemetery to, to dig up the three-day-old body for one more chance at CPR, right? Right, right. So, no, certainty is where we put our stake in the ground and we, right, like you're climbing a mountain. You make a base camp and you climb from there, right? So certainty of these base camps up the mountain and it uh, doesn't mean that we don't revisit them if something new information comes up or whatever, but we, we, we simply, in order to progress as human beings, we simply have to accept certain levels of, secure, uh, of certainty. And so, um, uh, no, uh, when you have certainty, that's what I've always said is closure. Okay. Right? Right, right. So, no, there's, uh, I, I always suggest uh, that, um, you know, be honest, uh, attempt to establish better relations, establish, uh, attempt to establish uh, intimacy, connection, uh, to, to, have, to give people the opportunity to redress the wrongs of the past, uh, and so on. But I also know that you've been working hard on family issues for over a year now, isn't that right? Yeah. And so this is not, uh, this, this could not be called any kind of impulsivity, right? Right, right. So, um, so no, I mean, you, you, you know, you're working with a therapist. If you feel that you've got certainty and you have no doubt whatsoever about how the, where the conversation is going to go, then, yeah, I mean, because otherwise you would always have to go back, right? Because you'd say, well, the conversation the last hundred times went this way, but I'm not certain 101 might be the one that changes it. At some point, we have to weigh the probabilities of the cost-benefit, right? Right, right. Right, like if we jump out of a plane, we might, you know, over, over the Himalayas, we might hit a gentle snow slope and have the best ride of our life coming to a slow halt, right? Right. But the cost-benefit is really, the odds of that are very low, and the odds of, you know, face planting into a rock face and dying are very high, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So at some point, we have to weigh the cost-benefits, and we have to come down with the, um, with the recognition that um, the knowledge that we have is sufficient to make a decision, right? And, and with human affairs, right, uh, there's a certain levels of unpredictability, although, as is constantly mentioned, the best predictor of, past be- uh, best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, so, no, if, if you're certain, then that's closure. Um, but if there's a part of you that's uncertain, then it's, in my opinion, well worth it to, um, to uh, have the conversation. But, no, if you, have, if you have no doubt and no desire to, to do it, right? And no desire to fight with them and no desire, like, that's closure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't really have, like, I, I, I've, I've already written down like a script and how I pretty much felt like it was going to go and read that to my therapist and went through that. And then after receiving her letter, it just seemed like it was going, I mean, that was, it was just going to repeat itself. It was just going to be, uh, it would be the same conversation over and over. And 
I just and my therapist had asked the same question. She had asked me like, you know, you know, the outcome if you understand, you know, if you already are pretty pretty much sure that this is getting into abusive and you're pretty certain about that, then why, you know, what, what are you trying to get from that interaction? And I just couldn't think of anything. Um, I couldn't think of, I don't think I would, all I, all I could think of was just the platitude that I was trying to get validation for my past history, which I knew I wasn't going to get. And uh, a sense of closure by finally just being fed up. But I think once I got the sense that my mother, when she wrote the letter, was really not even concerned with me at all. I, I don't see how a letter would differ from a phone call um, and how that was going to change the situation. So um, I just I didn't I didn't see like how it was going to be productive in any way. And I just kind of felt like I mean, it just felt like it. it if I continued to try and open, if I continued to try to do it, um, it was just going to, I guess, be a, it would just be kind of be a, of, uh, I guess a waste, so to speak, because I, I have a limited amount of time and I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it, it was, it was going to be practical and I pretty much knew already what was going to happen. Well, and I would, I would argue that it's worse than a waste, right? To, 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 with, with, as much certainty as is possible in these situations to put yourself into an abusive situation with a certain knowledge of the harm and trauma that it's going is is masochistic, right? It would be self-abusive. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. it's not just, well, uh, there's an hour I could be spending, uh, you know, braiding my hair. Okay, maybe 20 minutes for me. Maybe 15. <laughs> if I keep my but but it's, it's, it's actually a, it's a self-abusive situation to put yourself in an environment where you are certain that you are going to be uh, traumatized and, and harmed by people. And, and the reason that I strongly suggest that people go and try and work that out with their family is that you get that kind of certainty and that kind of closure. And what that means is that it's like an immunization against those kinds of relationships in the future. Right? Once you achieve closure with abusive patterns within your family, if the, there are those abusive patterns, once you have you know, really gotten through to certainty, it, it's like the shots we gave Isabella, that she's never going to get sick from these illnesses, right? Right, right, right. And that way, you know, it, I mean, it'll, and that's what I was feeling like I was going to get from having to talk to them in person. I thought that I would get that feeling from there. But I guess when I got, when I got the letter, it, it, it seemed as if, it's just there were so many things wrong with the whole interaction, and there's so many things that are predictable of the past that it, it just it seems it just seemed as um, I guess valid as talking to them personally. It just it was that I guess it impacted me that much. Where to the point where I was kind of I couldn't understand exactly the laughing, but I was kind of laughing and crying and running for two blocks, yelling "I'm free" <laughs> outside, which was kind of weird. That could be counted a clue. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. So uh, what now? Um, well, basically, my my next uh, step is to um, I have there's this motorcycle thing that I supposedly gotten for my uh, uh, birthday a long time ago, but they had put in her name for insurance reasons and whatnot. I'm going to try and sell that, but it's in her name. So I was going to send her a note and see if she'll do that. If she doesn't within a month, it's hers. And then basically I'm 
going to send um, basically send the send the letter, which I'm going to be working on for um, all pretty much during that time. Sorry, the letter to your parents saying I'd like to take a break from this relationship. Yeah. What? Um, maybe I'm missing something. What is there to work on in the letter? Um. Well, for me, it was kind. Of, I, I just want to make sure I'm wording it right, and if I'm, and if I'm, and I want to check my emotions and 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 make sure that I'm not. At the very end, you know, if, if there's something I've missed or anything like that, I guess I'm when I start writing it, I, I want to I don't know. I have this thing of wanting to verify stuff and wanting to make sure that my. Um, that I, I guess just trying to make sure that when I'm writing it, that uh, I'm not giving them a way to hurt me or showing or giving them a way to, you know, or showing them as if I'm asking them for something or anything like that. I guess it was just, it's kind of a, I just want to make sure that I have, that I, that I'm okay with it and um, in the way that it's written and that emotionally I'm okay with it. Okay. I'm just, I'm not going to disagree with you, right? I mean, there's nothing more personal than what you're doing here. I just wanted to understand because I mean, I, I've seen some people have posted few letters in the past, which are, long lists of grievances and problems and yeah. here's what you said and here's what I did and then this is why and long and the, explanations and, yeah. and that stuff of course doesn't work right yeah that's what I want to make sure I'm not doing that's the kind of stuff I want to make sure like if I have yet more stuff to vent that I vent it but that's not what I'm putting in the letter right because and then the reason that's you've probably heard in podcasts before the, if people have that list of active complaints or grievances or upsets with their families, then I, I think it's, you know, you sit down and you work that out until you don't have anything to say to people, right? As long as you have something to say to people, keep saying it, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. And how are you, uh, how's, how's your heart? You sound, uh, well, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing better. Uh, I've, I've, I downloaded the audio book of Nathaniel Brandon's uh, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, so I'm listening to that. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, it, it, to me, it's been a bit crushing, and, and, and in other ways, it's, I'm happy that I'm not going to be putting myself in that situation again, but again, it's still a bit crushing to... Um, I guess in, in, in the way that I, I had worded it was just that, you know, I wasn't enough. Um, you know, being born, it's just, it's not, you know, and it, it kind of, and my therapist put a good twist on it saying, you know, because I would always say in my own self-defeating way, it was kind of like, you know, what was so wrong with me that I wasn't enough for them to, you know, care about. But she her switch on it was kind of more like, well, you know, it's not necessarily what's so wrong with you, but what was so wrong with them. And so I guess it just all in all, it, it, it's, I don't know, it, 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 it in, in a way it's liberating and in another way it kind of hits like a ton of bricks. So, um, right. And I, I mean, I'm only going to give you the annoying new parent lecture, right? <laughs> okay. I, I can guarantee you that Isabella doesn't have to do a damn thing to please us. Right. 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 She does. She, she, 
she can crap all down my leg, and I'll give her a big kiss. <laughs> right? Right, right. And she has. We're not talking theory, right? <laughs> right? Right. So right. She, she can yell in my ear, right? And I, my, my concern is, what's wrong? How can I help? Right? Right. She's not somebody who has to win my love. Right. 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 It's like once I got Christina legally shackled. Sorry. <laughs> no, but it's like she, Isabella doesn't have to lift a tiny little shrimp-like finger to, to win my love, to deserve my care and, and affection and protection and empathy and all of the feelings that I have towards her. She doesn't have to do a thing. Why? Because she didn't ask to be here. Exactly, exactly. Right? We kidnapped her <laughs> from the Platonic universe of pre-birth, right? <laughs> right, right. She doesn't have to do anything. And she, she will never have to do anything as a child to win my love. In fact, even as an adult. Because she did not choose me as a father. Right. 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 Yeah. You... As a baby, as an infant, as a toddler, as a child, as a teenager, you did not have to do anything to win your parents' love. To say that there was a deficiency in you that caused them to not love you yeah. is not even close to realistic or true, right? Right, right. It's just sometimes hard to see it when you've got blinders on and, you know, years of reinforcement for that. Oh, I completely understand that. I'm not saying this like this is going to be shocking information to you. I'm just saying it to reinforce this point, right? right, right. Like if I kidnap you and lock you in my basement, is your problem with that going to be that you just couldn't find a way to make me like you? No. 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 Right? Right. Right. They chose to have you and the birthright of every child is tenderness and love and concern and security mm. and affection. I want Isabella to take as much delight in every waking hour and every sleeping hour, if I can give her good dreams, to take as much delight in every waking hour that she can. That's my job to provide that to her. It is not her job to figure out how to pick the lock of my heart and open it. Right. It is not her job to figure out what sequence of hand gestures, squealing sounds, and leg kicks is going to turn me into a father who wants to make her happy. I am not a puzzle for her to assemble. I am not a beast for her to tame through some complicated set of maneuvers and manipulations. Right? Right. Her job is to grow. Her job is to eat and the other thing. <laughs> right? But she, she, she has no job. She has no responsibilities to me. She has no responsibilities of any kind. She has no job. It is my job. She is not a customer. It is not a reciprocal relationship. She is not chosen to be here. The job is entirely mine. If I do a good job, she will be happy. And she will be, if I am a source of pleasure to her, 
right? So when I come into the room and I smile and she smiles back, I'm a source of pleasure to her because I have done everything that I can to make her safe and secure and loved and, and happy, right? Right. Tell me what you're feeling. Uh, it's just... Uh, <clears throat> I've been just really sad and yet happy. I mean... Uh, I mean... I'm, I'm, I guess uh, it may sound weird, but I'm, I'm happy that, you know, that uh, there are kids out there who are, you know, like Isabella, who are going to be having great, you know, they're going to be born in such a great family. Um, I guess I'm just sort of sad that I, I guess I'm just kind of sad about the fact that my parents couldn't see the same thing and... And I guess... Sorry, sorry. I got to interrupt you because your parents could see the same thing. You ask any parent who's sane and they will tell you exactly what I have told you. Yeah. yeah. You ask any parent, did your children, who's not some Buddhist nut job, ask any parent, did your children choose to be your children? No. Was it your choice? Yes. Right? Yeah. What do you owe your children? Love, security, happiness. Yeah. Right. This isn't uh, uh, this isn't uh, Wittenberg in 1611, right? Where <laughs> where the Protestants are going to say, or the Catholics are going to say, or the Anabaptists, or the Zungalians are going to say, or the Calvinists are going to say, children are imps of Satan who need to have the love of Jesus beaten into them with a stick, right? Right. That's not what people say these days. What they say is, children are precious. They need love, security, attention. All parents say that these days, at least in the West, right? Right. Yeah, no, they they know how to say it and act it, but it doesn't. It just it's so hard to wrap your. It's hard I guess, to do. And I know it sounds. Yeah, it, it's hard. I guess, and this may sound corny, but it's hard to wrap your heart around the idea that they knew it but didn't do it. Right. That is. You, I mean, you're, you're absolutely 150% beyond correct. It is very hard to wrap your head around that, that basic reality. I completely and totally agree with you. That's the heartbreaking nature of it. And to put it in a ridiculous perspective, which nonetheless I think is somewhat valid, you know, we are a transitional generation, right? Right. 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 Human beings will often throw their ideals ahead of their actions, right? Like, like you throw a grappling hook up and then you climb, right? Right. Right, like Declaration of Independence, right? All men are created equal, right? But your people, not so much for quite a long time, right? <laughs> right, right. Right, so we, there was an ideal that's thrown up there like a grappling hook and then people got to fucking rub their hands raw climbing it, right? Right. And our parents had this grappling hook called love and affection and security and, right? Yeah. And they, most of them, threw the grappling hook up and said, well, I guess I've climbed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not really ever, ever trying to actually follow through with it and I guess just, I don't know, just being locked in such... Uh, it seems like they were locked in a fantasy, but to do say that would be to say that they're not aware of it, and I guess that's 
they, they really were. Right. And of course, that's why the... Right, that's why my first book was about talk to your parents about virtue. Right? Yeah. To understand what they understand about virtue. Because they are our moral instructors, right? Right. Right. Definitely. And there is a new kind of thinking, right? Obviously, this is the way that, that Christina and I are parenting. Which is that children are perfect in their natural state. And they do not need to be manipulated or controlled or managed or changed or fundamentally altered in any way, right? right. That you meet their needs, bring them love and affection, happiness, and they're, they're fine, right? Yeah. I mean, it, I guess, I don't know, it's just, you know, it, it's not, I, and the funny thing is it's, it, it doesn't sound like it's such a huge thing for people. It would be such a huge thing for people to grasp, even though it seems, seems to be that it is. It is tough. I mean, it is tough to grasp sometimes. Uh, Christine and I, again, I don't want to make this about, we're just talking about this, this is an issue and tell me if this is way off base, but we, we face this challenge, right? Because people say, well, you should start doing this and that and the other with your children, right? So if your, your infant's like, now that she's seven or eight weeks or nine weeks, then you need to start doing this. You need to place her down here. You need to make sure she's not sleeping with you. You need to start training her to do this. You need, you need to start jostling her along in some preconceived path that she doesn't want to go. Right. And we we fall into this and we're like, oh, maybe we should try this. And then, you know, I'll usually be the one who's, no, 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 we're not doing that, right? Right. 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 She's developing just fine. Mm. Right. When she's ready to sleep in her crib, she will sleep in her crib. But mm. we don't need to train her to do that. Mm. Yeah. And... There is starting, right, this idea that children's souls grow as beautifully as children's bodies. Like, I don't need to sit there and pull her legs to make them grow, right? Right, right, right. She'll do it. She'll grow when she's, you know. Yeah, I got to feed her and get out the way, right? (laughs) Right. I don't need to teach her how to look at something. Right, because she already can follow something 100, uh, 180 degrees. She'll turn her whole head to follow it. I don't need to teach her to do that. Obviously, I need to give her some visual stimuli, right? right. But I don't need to teach her to do that. I don't need to teach her how to digest food. I don't whisper to, to her belly, be sure to unleash the proper bacteria, right? <laughs> right, right. She, she, she already knows how to do all of that. Just have to feed, protect, and love her. And she'll grow perfectly. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is a tragedy, a true tragedy, that so many parents set themselves against the natural development of our species, right? Right. No, but it's never the child's fault. When... Isabella, this blew my mind, Isabella was not even a week old. We tried to put her in a car seat, 
uh, at the mall. Yeah. And we, it was too tight for her. We didn't know that, except she cried. Mm. Right? And then we ended up having to carry her into the mall to the place where we bought the cart seat where they helped us to loosen it because we couldn't figure it out, right? Mm. And then she was fine. Yeah. Instead of, you know, I guess... Stop listen- crying. You're fine. <laughs> Shove her into the car seat, right? Exactly. So Listening. she was smarter than we were, and she wasn't even seven days old. <laughs> right. No, yeah, yeah. That's That's very humbling for a parent, right? <laughs> I'd imagine. You like, know. oh, I'm sorry. Let me defer to the person who is... Uh, <laughs> you know, I've had pimples... That aren't as old as you. <laughs> so you knew how to develop naturally, and 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 of course uh, Isabella is going to have great affection for me because I bring her pleasure. Right. I don't. I don't have to teach her to like me. I just have to be likable. Right. Exactly. It would be incomprehensible for her not to want to spend time with someone who makes her happy, right? Exactly. exactly. The foundation of the marriage and hopefully the foundation of FDR as well, right? <laughs> exactly. That's mean it's not ever challenging, right? But nonetheless, right? Right. 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 And the the, the greatest tragedy, you know, the you know, the saddest thing in many ways is that we were not not those of us who went through these kinds of childhoods. Not not just the trauma, or the fear, or the aggression, or whatever, right? Right. But but it's 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 being robbed of the chance to love your parents when you're a kid, to to look up to them, to respect them, to be happy when they come in through the door, right? I mean, this is what I think is so sad about so many marriages or relationships, right? Yeah. I, I'm thrilled when my wife comes home. I hate. When she goes anywhere without me, now that I've got her lashed down with Babyville, uh, it's a lot better, right? I mean, that's what it should be. And the people who are stuck in bad relationships, and the, I know what they're missing. I just, like, live in my skin for five minutes with this kind of relationship, and you won't even be tempted yeah. by Heidi Klum or whoever, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Because children are are very naturally affectionate, in my experience, right? You just have to be nice to them, right? Yeah. And and, and they love to express their affection, right? They love to make you pictures. They love to uh, do nice things for you. They they love to cook you meals when they get older. They they love to help. They love to show their affection. And it's being... Not having that possibility was very sad, right? Not just the love that we didn't get, but the love that we weren't allowed to give. No. And I I guess at at times not being able to do that, I guess kind of... In a way, I get the sense that it kind of made you feel cold sort of when you're not able to to give that and then sometimes you go desperately into other relationships just so that you can try and gain that which you didn't have yeah i mean relationships then become two things right the pursuit of of sex or or that kind of physical companionship 
and the avoidance of the insecurity of solitude, right? Right, right. Which is a stick and a carrot rather than a free choice. Right. And I use the word carrot in its most conceivably suggestible manner. (laughs) Right, right. Right. But yeah, you're... You you weren't the wrong kid for your parents. I guarantee you that. It was nothing you could have done. I children are incredibly resourceful as well. They will find a way, right? Some some kid who wants a candy bar. I mean, just that I means some kid who's allowed to negotiate or allowed to have an opinion. Listen to that kid. I was at the store today buying groceries, and there, uh, there was a woman there with her daughter, and her daughter was about six or seven, and her daughter wanted stuff from. The aisles, right? It's some, you know, sugar brain bomb candy cereal or something like that, right? <laughs> and we, I passed by this woman. It must have been half a dozen or a dozen times in the store. Mm-hmm. And the kid today was like every single time was like, well, what about this? And you said I could have this. And I saw this. Remember I told you about this on the TV? And you said next time it was store we could do this. And then you wanted that. And like, this is a regular picture. And I promise I'll draw the picture. And this thing has a toy in the back that I really want. And then if you give me that, I won't need any allowance next week. And play. went on and on, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can remember doing that. <laughs> yeah. Children are like water going down a mountainside, right? If they get hit with a rock, just they spread somewhere else. They'll go, like, they'll find a way, right? Right, right. And I guarantee you that you looked for that opening in your parents' hearts obsessively as a child. Yeah. yeah. That you tried everything you possibly could to reach these people. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I mean, I, I can recall one night when I was, I mean, I wasn't really young then, but I guess I was in my teens and there were a couple nights where I actually really opened up to my father about a lot of the things that had gone on in the house, and he kind of stopped, gave this half smile, and looked at me. I can, I, I just always vividly remember this night. And he gave this half smile, looked at me, and was like, "So, what is it that you really want?" Like, because I was, you know, saying something that like I disagreed with some of the things that had happened to me, and how I didn't feel like I would been listened to, and how I feel like I feel like I'm being treated like I'm stupid and some of the other things and I would just and I, I didn't mention them in, in, a, in a mean way I mentioned them in this kind of you know pleading sort of you know can we talk about this sort of way and I remember I just I remember that night because I also freaked out that night I was hyperventilating when I left but no yeah definitely and it just it's just the the way that it, they're just able to just shut you down like that is kind of right that's the cynicism of people with a bad conscience right yeah. Anytime you try and interact with them, they're like, what's your angle? What are you trying to get? What's the, what's the point? What, what's your real meaning, right? Right, right. How right. are you trying to trap me now? What are you trying to get at? What are you trying to wheedle out of me, right? Right, right. Exactly. But that's just projection, right? Yeah. That is, uh, this is because that's what they do, right? Exactly, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And they're twisting it because they think everybody sees through the same lens that they do. So. Yeah, it's like the guy who's a counterfeiter will always check the currency, right? Right, 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 right. Because he knows how good he is at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. The liar can't believe anyone. <laughs> 
that's the price you pay for lying, right? Is you can't believe anyone. Yeah. Anyway, look, I, I just I know that I can't sort of <laughs> turn this around, and I know that you've done a lot of work to turn this around, and of course, with your therapist, you do. I just wanted to provide some perspectives as a, <laughs> a father, a patriarch of, of over two months, two months count them standing. Right? Um, but no, there's nothing that you could have done. Uh, there's nothing that you should have done. And I bet you there's nothing you didn't try yeah. to um, open your parents' hearts. And I, and I really appreciate you talking to me about this and just all the stuff that, you know, you, you've done with FDR. And because um, I don't think I'd come to these kinds of um, understandings um, if, if it wasn't for all the work and effort that you put into it. And I'm deeply, deeply appreciative of all the work that you've done. And I'm very thankful um, also for, you know, Christina and, uh, you know, definitely you guys putting this together. Is, it, it, it means a lot to me and I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you. And I mean, obviously, I appreciate uh, the work that you've put in. I mean, I just uh, so clearly remember our very first conversation and uh, you are a stronger, a stronger and nobler man by far now. Not that you were a bad guy before, but uh, it is uh, it is a beautiful thing to see, and I, I certainly appreciate you sharing that. All right. Well, uh, I guess we have time for uh, one more question. If we have a uh, uh, a uh, somebody who wants to slide in, like Indiana Jones, and grab the hat of their microphone just before the iron stone door comes rolling down. Oh, I have a uh, question. I uh, I've been <clears throat> I've been reading some books lately. They're tough, but uh, I was wondering if uh, if you all are interested in in book reviews. Uh, I've been reading. I've read Bob Woodward's latest book. Uh, I'm reading one I think by Tom Woods on the uh, current economic meltdown and stuff. Are you guys at all interested in um, in book reviews uh, of these kinds of topics? Just let me know uh, if you can sort of say in the chat room or whatever. I mean. I've got notes about all of the books, and I think that they're worth something. But um, uh, just let me know if that's something that you would uh, be interested in as uh, as a topic. Oh, good. People are saying yes, and basically that was a bait and switch. What I'm going to do is review all my own books and say that is the sexiest goddamn font I have ever seen in my life. Uh, don't forget to... Um, Sign up for the barbecue. <laughs> I have, Somebody said, I had a question for Christina from something I heard in a call-in show the other week. It's a silly question, but it's something I remembered. LOL. LOL is a, a palindrome. Windchill. What is it called when the wind made uh, the temperature colder? Wind chill. Wind chill. Yeah, wind chill factor. Right. When I lived in um, Montreal, I lived in Montreal for four years. I did two years at the National Theatre School and two years at McGill University. And uh, I was only there in the winter. And uh, man, that is a cold, 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 cold place. Can we attend the BBQ via webcam for us foreigners? I don't know. Um, I don't think, oh yeah, we, we certainly would be happy to set up um, some sort of broadcast thing since we're just going to be sitting around here uh, chewing the fat anyway. Um, 
But I just mean if we're around sort of for an evening thing, we'd be happy to, because uh, we have a computer down in the living room. That's actually what we're, we're doing right now uh, is, is we're going through wireless from the computer in the living room because it's easier for Christina to constantly feed. Uh, so, um, like, I'm one to talk. So, yeah, we could try that for sure. Yeah, when is it again? Last weekend in May. Last weekend in May, Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, there's a link. Um, uh, Emiando.com, O-M-Z, FDRBBQ2009.html, May 30th, June 1st. And there is some people who are uh, coming in for a wider sandwich of time. Um, and uh, sorry, we can't put anyone up here, but uh, Miss Isabella, I'm sure, would make it quite a traumatic evening for some. <laughs> and uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll be around. I mean, we're going to have just maybe one day of the actual barbecue, but we'll be around for other things. If people want to go to Niagara, go hiking, uh, or do some of the other cool stuff. That's around. Yeah, I'll meet for dinner or whatever. There's uh, fantastic restaurants around here and great hiking, great hiking. Around here, there's an escarpment that's just absolutely stunning, uh, which we actually went to last year, so maybe we could go back there. So. Yeah, I, w- I would really suggest, based on what we did with the, the, with the um, symposium in Miami uh, uh, last year, I can't believe that's only 13 months ago. It really feels like at least 14 I'm so disoriented. I need to lie down. Cold compresses, please. Get my agent on the phone. I can't work like this. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we, could go, we could go whitewater rafting. Absolutely, uh, we did that. Um, well, actually, we did that when we uh, had employees, and my brother and I took them whitewater rafting, which was quite exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, I think Isabella would be a natural. <laughs> Poor child, right? Uh, well, no, because she's quite, she's quite used to riding the rapids as it is. <laughs> just up in her room every 20 minutes. Um, there are squash courts nearby. In fact, uh, I have a, um, a gym membership. Uh, we can actually, uh, I don't know how many people we can get, but we could uh, maybe go, there's a pool and uh, a deck uh, and uh, squash and uh, indoor tennis and outdoor tennis and all that. So there's all that kind of good stuff. Um, yeah, you usually can get guests in for a fee. So, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun and, and we'll... Yeah, you might, you might, it's the Delta Meadowvale. You, you all might get a group rate. If you have 10 or more people, you'll get some pretty substantial discounts, particularly also since it's uh, summer, which I think is less busy. No, more busy. But yeah, you might want to try group rates. You should be able to get some cheaper stuff. And of course, uh, we will absolutely get ourselves to some karaoke on the Saturday night. Unfortunately, last year it was canceled because of some stupid fight. But the year before, we had quite an electric time. Um, if you haven't seen Christina do bad out of hell, you just really haven't lived. And uh, Isabella's uh, dedication to Chinese opera is paying off beautifully. Uh, so, of course, having that amplified should give us a lot of room in the bar. That really is. Is this a vegan-only barbecue? No, it is not vegan-only, although we will have um, vegetarian food. Um, uh, BYOB? No, I wouldn't worry about it. We're, we're happy. Look, you, you, guys, uh, you guys keep us in bread and heating. And so you, uh, you don't need to bring a thing to the barbecue. You will be uh, fed and uh, watered and, uh, uh, you know, there will in fact be sponge baths if necessary uh, because I'm so grateful to the kindness and generosity of listeners. Um, so 
uh, don't don't bring a thing. Um, and if you have special dietary requirements, just let us know ahead of time. We will take care of everyone, uh, top to bottom, head to toe. So uh, don't worry about that. Yeah, bring sunscreen for sure, uh, because you may be seated across from my forehead. Um, <laughs> so you'll be getting the triple whammy. Oh, yeah, and if you can't trap between James and I, uh, sunscreen won't help because probably it will just be spontaneous combustion. <laughs> what about cannibals? Yes, what was it? there was a great quote from uh, on The Daily Show when they actually did a, a segment on this uh, proroguing of parliament that happened up here when the, uh, they didn't uh, throw enough gravy in for the um, other parties and they, they just shut down parliament and... Uh, Anyway, the Daily Show did a version where they referred to cannibals as, uh, sorry, they referred to Canadians as those gentle cannibals to the north, which I thought was actually quite funny. Uh, we do not have either an Obama or a McCain side outside our house, uh, but if you follow the flaming effigies, you shouldn't have any trouble finding them, finding the house. Well, yeah, and if you're having any trouble uh, finding the place, you can go to mrpsychotherapy.com. Um, and, and thanks again to Greg for the, uh, I haven't mentioned this in a while, but he uh, was very kind enough to give me a GPS. Oh, it has office directions. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's 979 Pine Valley Circle uh, in Mississauga. Yeah, if you have any problems, of course, call us uh, 416-907-2920, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll talk you in. But um, I'll, I'll put it up on the board. Uh, driving directions as well, of course, and uh, it's pretty cheap to get here by cab. It shouldn't be more than 20 bucks. Is that right? 25 maybe? Yeah, something like that. But that's Canadian dollars, huh? But yeah, so it's, it's pretty easy to get to. But um, you, what, what you need to do, of course, is um, uh, you will notice that there is uh, a pole of fairly low-hanging black smoke. That's the first indication. After that, uh, the flaming alligator pit. After that, the barbed wire, then the ICBMs. Uh, then the uh, the big pit of fertile women, uh, and then uh, the shacks of uh, 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 screaming and ululating adulators, uh, and then you come to the central compound, uh, and I'm on the dais, uh, of course, right? Because that's exactly what the media needs to see. So <laughs> that's how you will uh, pierce really through the concentric sings, uh, concentric circles of the free domain radio cult. That is uh, <laughs> where you want to go, for sure. And, I mean, if, if people want to, I'm more than happy if you, if you need a car for a day trip and, right, we have an extra car here. So. All right. Any last questions, comments, issues, uh, anything else that uh, people want to bring up for this here Sunday show? Less chance. Is it a smoking or non-smoking barbecue? Um generally, uh, certainly you can't, I mean, not going to smoke in the house. Um, I mean, if we have a big backyard, I mean, if you want to go uh, and smoke in the backyard, that's okay by me. Of course, just not anywhere near uh, the baby, but uh, yeah, that's, that's just fine. How is the new book coming? It's, uh, it's tough. It's a tough book. It's a tough book. It's a tough book. I, I get a, at least one physical ailment. I, I'm generally not a sickly person by any stretch of the imagination, but every time I, I write a book uh, for some reason, 
well, not for some reason, but probably for very specific reasons, I get some sort of uh, ailment. Uh, and uh, so I had to uh, get a bunch of checkups this time. And it's fine. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough thing to do to write these books, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be great to meet uh, to meet people. I, you know, we had we have we've always had a great time at these things. They're they're a lot of fun, and uh, you know, it's it's a warm and and it's friendly and uh, it's it's just it is a, it's a real privilege. It's casual. It's a real privilege to uh, to meet uh, meet you all. I mean, I love having you uh, come up, and and obviously it's great for you to meet Christina. We're obviously looking forward to um, holding Isabella aloft. Uh, as in some sort of vast party like the closing of the Lion King, um, but with less of a main. Oh no, Christina could do it. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, it, it's just wonderful to to meet everyone, and it is a real thrill. You know, I mean, we have this this very close, but for the most part, digital relationship, right? And it's it's wonderful to put faces to the voices uh, and uh, uh, you know eyes to the to the names and so on so it is uh, it is a great thing i don't know that some people who've come have been a little anxious or nervous but uh, really that's what the heroin is for so um, that's the last vat uh, that you have to get through and nobody does but uh, no it's it's just wonderful to to meet everyone and and we have a great time and um, so obviously it would be great if you can uh, if you can make it the airport is toronto pearson international yes that's the best one to come to YYZ is the airport code and the name of a pretty good song by Rush. Yeah, I mean, if a bunch of people, I'm happy to, if, if, if it works out, if a bunch of people are coming in on the same flight, I can certainly uh, do a run. It's pretty close to the house. I can do a run to pick people up. So whatever I can do to make that easier, I'd be very happy to. What is the limit as to, to how many people can go? I don't. I don't think we have a practical limit as to how many people we'd be willing or happy to to host. Yeah, we we can get like probably 150 people in the backyard, so I don't think that'll be an issue. Uh, what we do for sleeping arrangements is we stack you like cordwood in the basement, so no wriggling, uh, and uh, bring a thick sleeping bag, especially if you're sleeping near Greg because he's pretty crabby. Oh wait, that's me. Sorry. Sorry, projection. I'm back. Barbecue's on a Saturday, right? Yeah, barbecue's on a Saturday. Remember, when you're crossing the border, yes, officer, I'm going to an anarchist convention. That is definitely the way to go. You won't need a passport until June. July, is it? Yeah, you just check, of course. There may be some... Uh, yeah, you may. You just check this from the States. There's something that... Um, uh, this, you're going to need to just check into your um, uh, your uh, status of uh, passports and stuff like that. So just obviously double-check that. I, I, I think you don't want to be coming in when you don't need a passport and trying to go out when you do. Um, <laughs> that might give you a, a chance to really experience Christina's and I hospitality for three to five. So... <laughs> business or pleasure anarchism baby it's both and uh, when you are of course crossing this is particularly true of a land crossing uh, if you do get into any trouble 
uh, just say, uh, yes, officer, I have brought my own glove for just such an emergency and then bring out one entirely composed of chinchilla fur. That uh, will uh, often get you the kind of special treatment that will really make it easier to, to bear. Uh, remember our second date? <laughs> Mm, yeah, it's not the real one. <laughs> the one I had later. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's a hotel where most people are staying. Somebody's asked. Uh, the Delta Metavale is pretty close to here. Um, there's no hotel within walking distance that I know of. Uh, the Delta Metavale is pretty close. Uh, that's where my gym is. Yeah, there's a Quality Inn. There's a Hilton. There's a Sheraton. There's a Delta. So, yeah, just you can... Uh, uh, the Delta, yeah, there is a Delta, Delta Metavale. And they have quite a lot of rooms. And again, I would suggest you all can get, you know, from pretty substantial discounts if you can get a bunch of people staying at the same place, eight or 10 rooms at a minimum, I think. You can work that out. But uh, yeah, you can get like 30, 40% off or more um, if, you, if you can book that kind of stuff. Yeah, somebody says I might have a free room to Hotter Than Inn Express, but it's a bit of a hike. But, you know, if it's going to be 150 bucks for a room, but only 20 bucks for a cab, then, well, hang on, carry the two. Hang on, take my shoes off. Yeah, it seems to be good. But, yeah, I guarantee, it'll, I, I guarantee you it'll be an absolutely fun and great time and uh, something that you will remember. I have, I have very, very vivid memories of, uh, of each of the barbecues. Um, uh, particularly the hallucinations after we licked the frog that uh, Tuttle brought. Uh, so uh, uh, Mr. Rivet Peyote, I think he was called. And uh, uh, so I have uh, just a wonderful uh, um, memories of all of these. And of course, we hope to, to be an annual event. So just uh, wanted to mention that it'll, it'll guaranteed to be a lot of fun. You, yeah, you could say you can post on the board. I would use that Amiando site that we talked about earlier. Um, because that's a good way to, to communicate without uh, uh, people coming in to the board with uh, all these questions. So I would, I would post stuff there. It's where you can post your links and hotel suggestions and where people are going to be staying, when they're going to be coming, and so on. I think you can do all of that because we used that last year as well. All hail Hypnotoad. It's <laughs> a good name for a band, too. That is a nice, there's a nice picture. Uh, thank you for someone who's posting that. What is odd is that the cook has uh, got hair and is not currently on fire. So it's not quite accurate to my uh, way of, of uh, approaching hospitality, but still, uh, it's not bad. I've been 16 acceptance so far. Yeah. Great. We hope to at least double that so that uh, we can do Civil War reenactments uh, in the Red Room. Oh, yeah. So when we say barbecue, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, the last time I tried barbecuing, I, uh, we still have a dark shadow. It's like a little nuclear shadow of a barbecue on the back wall of the house. Uh, I did some rather exciting things with the uh, gas flow and fire. So we don't actually have a barbecue at the moment, but there will be good eats. Promise. Plus, you know, the, the, the reason that we, I mean, we could get another barbecue, but the reason is that nobody wants to, I don't think people want to come and watch me barbecue. I mean, it's not going to be very thrilling. And we don't want to, you know, or Christina, right? And we don't want someone to be allocated to barbecue duty because that's kind of like a non-social thing. So, uh, but there will be good food, promise. 
Yeah, if you fly to uh, to the U.S., you can. Uh, yeah, you can drive in from Buffalo, or you can uh, take a bus or a train. Sorry, from Erie, Pennsylvania, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you have to get the 360 view of the Red Room. And we'll do a, we did a video last year. No, it was the year before, was it? That we did a video with everyone at the barbecue. So we'll probably do another one as well. Uh, you know, the FDR mosh pit. We just we haven't done that for a while. So I would like to give that a shot. Yeah, Detroit's a haul. It's four to five hours. Oh, and don't forget, uh, I guess, yeah, for those who... I, I will be giving this um, closing speech at the Liberty forum where i expect half the uh, participants to be lined up with uh, um i guess uh, uh flags of fdr and the other half to be lined up with rotten fruit and tomato <laughs> so it should be quite an exciting show i think greg's going to be there we're going to try and do a videotape of it which we'll end up uh, hopefully putting up on um youtube or something and uh i think i'm going to be on uh, free talk live they've been pushing the speech so uh, they called me and said, would I be on? And yeah, we've, you know, I guess we've had our occasional differences, but none the worse for wear. So um, uh, I will be uh, doing that hopefully this week. Would I have to get a hotel? Uh, you would have to get a hotel room. I think an entire hotel would probably be overkill. Um, but uh, uh, for the people who tried last time to uh, just bring Monopoly hotels and sleep on the street, that didn't work very well. So uh, don't do that. But yeah, you will need to get a hotel. But of course, you can always share with someone uh, and so on. Yeah, into the wild, very light. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, I guess we'll uh, shut this down. Uh, and uh, people in the future can be enormously bored by our planning of <laughs> the barbecue. I won't cut it out. Uh, but just because it'd be useful for some people to to listen to. If you guys could um, just uh, post uh, the, uh, the link, then I will just read it out here at the end in case people are listening to this. It's amiendo.com forward slash omzfdrbbq2009.html. And uh, I hope to see as many people as, as, as can be. You know, it can be a lonely life uh, being a philosopher. And uh, so I hope that we can have at least one uh, Socratic flesh pile uh, up here in Mississauga at the uh, end of May. It should be uh, some great, uh, great weather uh, should be in here by the end of May. And uh, we, will, uh, we, will have a, we will have a lot of fun. Uh, I absolutely guarantee it. So. Uh, it will be something to to remember for sure. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, so much for joining. I am uh, uh, quite uh, excited, of course, about all the new technical setups that we've got on here. Hopefully the book will be out. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it should still, it's still going to be another couple of weeks. But I have uh, started working on a new podcast series because I know it's been a little dry because of the book and uh, some minor health issues. So we'll be back on uh, getting the... Uh, horrendously voluminous amount of material coming out and i will talk to everyone uh, on laboard and uh, in other mediums so thank you all for listening so much and uh, i will talk to you soon